Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. What is up, football fans? I am Danny Austin. This is the Live from the 55 podcast. We are coming at you from the Nation Network Studios in Marloop, Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And it is Sunday morning. Time changed. This feels great. Got an extra hour of sleep. But it is the morning after the CFL season ended for both the Hamilton Tiger Cats and the Calgary Stampeders. So, as you might imagine, we have a fair bit of stuff to talk about. Um, Lots of stamp stock coming up. We're going to do some West final preview, East final preview with Ian Busby. He'll be in here shortly, and we'll and we'll break those games down, uh, offer some predictions. I do imagine we're going to – look, the, the, this podcast has always been tied to sort of the Stampeder season, so uh, might check back in in a week and a half and do a little bit of a Grey Cup preview, but right now um, this will likely be the last episode for a little while. Um, we are not going to do – CFL offseason. Um, I should be very clear on that. That was never the plan. Um, I'm pretty busy covering the Calgary Flames. I got a move coming up. Um, it's just, it, it doesn't really work for, for us to continue. Uh, hopefully see you guys back in the spring. We'll see. Um, but yeah, we just, we're going to tie things up as best we can here. But um, yeah, let's start. Let's start. I think, look, the, we're going to do so much Stampeders Lions talk here. So I, I do just want to start a little bit with that 27-12 win for the Montreal Alouettes. Uh, I think that this was a, a, a result that a lot of us sort of saw coming. I think that the Alouettes really proved in the back half of the season that they were probably the fourth best team. But who knows? Maybe they can push the Argos. Maybe, maybe they're in that mix with the Lions and the Lions and the Bombers. Uh, I think that the Alouettes, the midseason additions, Darnell Sankey, Sean Lemon, um, had a huge impact on on this game on, on Saturday afternoon. I think that we really, really saw experienced veteran defensive guys who have a reputation in this league for making an impact. I know I think we saw them do that. But I also think, you know, you got to give credit where it's due. Um, Danny Pachocha has built a heck of a team there in Montreal. And I tweeted this last night, but I think Cody Fajardo has taken a lot of stick over the years and isn't necessarily viewed as an elite quarterback. But you go back since 2019. When Saskatchewan Rough Riders, quarterbacked by him, hosted the West Final. Yeah, they lost to the Bombers. They still hosted the West Final. That's a big deal. Then they get in 2021, after the COVID-canceled season, they get back to the West Final. Again, they lose to the Bombers, but they beat the Stampeders in a weird game um, at Mosaic Stadium in the West Semifinal. But they won that. They got to the West Final. Then 2022 does not go well in Regina. The Riders missed the playoffs. Cody's gone. I, I think there were people ready to run him out of the league. 
And now here he is back in the news final. That's three division finals in four years. I just got, I, I, I think the Cody Fajardo deserves our respect. Um, that was a, a really, really impressive uh, win by the Alouettes. I think that a lot of the talk post game has been about, about Bolivar Mitchell. Uh, the decision to basically not play him until late in the second half really didn't give him an opportunity to sort of get in his rhythm or, or, or really guide the Ticats to victory. It was a decision that I certainly uh, raised my eyebrow about. And I don't know. I, look, the the Ticats the felt they had a better chance to win with Matthew Schultz. Um, what did we see from Bo Levi Mitchell this year? I don't know that we saw a ton. Um, so I, I did understand. I, I think that there is a counter argument that Look, this is Bo Levi Mitchell. This is a guy who's won two great cups. This is a guy who was arguably the league's biggest star for a really long time. The reality is, I mean, look, he hasn't won a playoff game since 2018. We're going to talk about that with the Stampeders. You know we are. But reality is Bo has not um, done that for, for five years. So I, I, I do understand where, where, where Orlando Steinauer's head was at a little bit. I think that the post-game comments that Bo Levi Mitchell made have have stirred up a fair bit of conversation, obviously. Um, I'm going to read the comment because I think that's important because I think that the full context is necessary. And I don't know if I'm just arguing with the straw man. The reality is most people I saw were like, good on Bo for for saying what's, what's obvious. But I did see some people saying like, oh, Bo, classless after a loss. I just couldn't disagree with that assessment more. This is a guy who to the situation spoke honestly about it and maybe the reporter in me just values guys being honest and and being forthcoming uh, with the media and and not just sort of hiding things but i think that it's it's good for the league to have a quarterback come in and say it and you know he basically said after after not after being sat for basically until the game was out of hand he said i will sit down with oh coach Steinauer, sit down with scott milanovich sit down with the top guys and have some conversations with them obviously it's fresh right now but if you're not playing your highest paid player on this team in a playoff game. I don't foresee myself being here. I love this team. I love this organization. I hope I can be here in some capacity because I would love to be a part of it again, but that is obviously for other people to decide. I think that there are a lot of people who have focused in on the, I don't foresee myself being here. Part of that quote. Uh, All he is saying is, look, I'm paid a lot of money. They, this team is not paying me a lot of money to stay on the bench. They basically have a decision. You're going to, pay me and and play me or you're not going to pay me because there's zero point in having me around on the salary. He's acknowledging that it is in the tie cats hands. It's not, he's not saying I want out of here. In fact, he's saying quite the opposite. He's saying, I love my time here. Um, there's no real criticism. It's just him making a statement of fact. Chances are the tie cats are not going to pay Bo Levi Mitchell, the amount of money that they were paying him this year. If he, they don't view him as their starter, if you don't view him as your starter, you don't think he's, He's good enough, ultimately. Um, also, shout out to Matthew Schnetti. I'm literally reading this off his Twitter. Uh, so <laughs> thank you to Matthew Schnetti for TSN for posting that. But I just, I have absolutely no problem with that. It's it's the reality. To be honest, it's something that on on last weekend's, last week's podcast with Jeff Hamilton, Jeff Hamilton said as much. He said, look around the league at some of these veteran quarterbacks, Bo, Trevor Harris, you know, all these guys who, who are planning on playing next year, but their teams have had to deal with their injuries and have, and have started building around younger players. Are those players going, are, are, are those veterans going to be paid the same amount? Probably not. Is Bo willing to stick around and play for less? I, I, I just, 
I think this is stuff that we can talk about. So why can't the players acknowledge it? I, I think that there was, to be honest, I think it was a classy move. Um, I think it was an honest move from Bo, and I got a lot of respect for it. I don't know what that Ticats team is going to look like next year. I think that they loaded up for a great cup. Um, they brought in a lot of good players. Didn't quite come together. Uh, although they still made the playoffs. And I, I still think, to be honest, I mean, they got beat by a good Alouette's team. They got beat by an Alouette's team that is on the rise. So we'll see. I, I wouldn't expect Bo to be there next year. Um, where do I expect him to be? I have no idea. You know, there are people who have said, oh, well, the Stampeders should bring him back in as a coach. I've seen Bo show up at Grey Cups w w over the last four or five years when the Stamps haven't been in the Grey Cup. I've seen him show up and, and do broadcasting work with TSN. I think I've seen him be really good at it. But whether he's good or bad is actually besides the point. I don't think Bo was showing up to talk about other CFL teams for no reason. This guy is a, a smart, smart, smart individual. Um, I've had the pleasure of covering him for a long time. I think Bo was doing that to get some reps in because he knows you can't just pop on. I couldn't just pop on this podcast and do this podcast. It took a long time to figure out. Still figuring it out. Not as good as Bo is on TSN, I'll tell you that. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he is retiring, which I don't know that he is, and I actually suspect that he's not. I'm sure he'd love to squeeze a couple years out here and i don't think this is how he wants to go out but i'd love to see bo on the panel i think bo would be a great addition to the panel for reasons like this quote where he is just honest and, and i think that he is a really charismatic guy who maybe when he wasn't playing for your team maybe in the late 2000s if you were a, a riders fan you hated him um but he's been good for the league he's a great talker he's a smart guy and uh, i would like to see bo um if he is stepping away from playing, I would love to see him on that TSN broadcast. Uh, that's not a knock on anyone there. I think that, you know, honestly, I sort of tweeted something similar, and a lot of my replies have just been, oh, this, this, this. I'm not taking shots at anyone on the TSN panel. I think they do a decent job. Uh, I just think Bo would be a great addition. Um, you know, you're always trying to make your product better, and I think Bo would be awesome. And um, there's other guys who I, who I also, I've always said Derek Dennis would have been awesome on a broadcast. Um, but, you know, Bo has expressed an interest in going into coaching. Sometimes you need a year or two away. I think that would be a great fit. Stamp, Peters, and Lions. Let's transition. Realistically, this is why this is why we're here. Um, fitting end to the season for the Calgary Stampeders. They were not good enough. That's what it comes down to. We're going to break down why. We're going to talk a lot about that with Ian Busby. 41-30. For the Lions, that's a, a score line that was probably a little bit, you know, the final score is closer than the game actually was. Um, Vernon Adams Jr. was absolutely incredible. Uh, I feel so good for the guy. Um, you know, I remember Farhan earlier in the season coming in and being like, everyone says this guy is like this turnover happy. You know, he's inconsistent, all that. Well, you know what's not inconsistent? 28 of 39 for 413 yards and two touchdowns through the air another three touchdowns on the ground if you don't think this guy's a superstar in this league you haven't been paying attention uh, he was absolutely incredible there were times when it just didn't seem like the stamps had any answer when the pocket collapsed on him he reminded me a little bit of zach calero since sort of that 2019 2021 range where when the pocket collapsed and he had to roll out a little bit that's when he were the most scared he was better under pressure uh now the stamps i don't think that they brought as much pressure as they needed to. And I, I do think that they could have used a guy like James Vodders uh, in this game. That's for sure. We will get into their injury situation. But look, uh, you look, Jake went 23 of 34, 304 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions for the 
Sam's. He certainly don't hold that last interception against them. It was just sort of a desperation heave um, when they were already down in the game. It was out of line or out of out of touch. What are you going to do? Um, you know, you wanted to see the Stamps run the ball. Kadeem Carey ran it 14 times for 75 yards. They they did run the ball. Uh, look, you wanted to see them give the ball to Reggie. Would have liked it even more, particularly when they were in the red zone. I get that that's tough when. We know the Lions were able to sort of throw double or triple coverage at Reggie, but they did throw the ball. They targeted him nine times for 112 yards. Um, you know, there's a lot that on paper you look and you're like, all right, well, the Stamps, you know, as, as Jake said, they, they, you know, they fired all their bullets. They, they did what they could. Uh, and maybe that's true. It certainly didn't necessarily feel that way. Uh, during the game, there were some, some deeply frustrating moments. I mean, late in the game when they still probably had the slightest bit of hope, uh, I think they had a, second and 15 or or something like that maybe second and 10 and they again they just threw one of these little little passes behind the line of scrimmage uh at one point they in the second half again when the game was still touching distance they had a a second and three i believe it was that's a situation where you have tommy stevens all year we have seen that tommy stevens is good for two or three yards just give it to your backup quarterback. <clears throat> Let him fall over his offensive line. Gain even if it's two yards on the first on the first attempt. You got third down, and instead they they do a little pass and they lose, yard, lose yards and have to settle for field goals. And that's the thing with this team is they just had to settle for field goals. Um, I didn't necessarily understand why. I this is not a knock on Luther Hackenvanu, but they kind of kept going to him in the end zone. There was just some stuff where it was just frustrating and. Uh, Look, the Stampeders were not one of the four best teams in the CFL this season. Those four teams, without question, and I'm not just, you, you can go back. I've been saying this for a long, long time. The four best teams were the Argos, the Bombers, the Lions, and the Alouettes. Those are the four teams that are in the division finals. That is exactly as it should be. That's awesome. Look, the Alouettes have momentum. They might be able to push the Argos. Can't believe I'm saying that, but they might. <coughs> who is who is confident? I, I do think the cold weather thing benefits bombers as does playing at ig field which is one of the best home field advantages it's probably the best home field advantage in the entire league but you watch what vernon did you watch what keon hatcher did like you you look at what that lions team is capable of when they are on their day and locked in bombers have a test on their hands that could be a really fun game so um when it comes to the stamps and i'm going to say this before we get ian in because we're going to talk a lot with ian this is just one of those seasons where I think we're going to look back and we are going to say, okay, there was a regression. I don't think that the quarterback play was as good this year as it was last year, for sure. It was not as good as, as he needed it to be. Uh, I personally have had frustrations with those little screen passes. I, I think that the offense, uh, I don't know if that was a retreat because Jake was making mistakes, or I don't know if that was the game plan the entire time. Um, but this team just just played horizontally instead of vertically and i i think that we saw it hurt them again and again and again um i also don't think we can have this conversation about the stampeders without acknowledging the injury situation um it, it's just impossible i was told that they had over a million dollars that they had to spend on guys on the six game injured list look you look at it i'm i'm looking at their sixth game right now the biggest one is, look, it's probably Malik Henry. They lost him, what, week two or week three to an Achilles 
tendon injury that took him out. That is not only your top receiver. I, I I believe Malik Henry is probably the Calgary Stampeders' best player when he's on his on his day. He's the best deep ball threat. They clearly were missing. Guy is 26 years old. He's in his prime. Malik Henry might have been the top receiver in the CFL last season, if we're being perfectly honest. And 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 they lost him early. That is not a guy you can replace. I like what Mark and Michelle did, but I don't think Mark and Michelle is Malik Henry. Straight up. Uh, then you look at James Waters. They're big name, big money defensive end who they brought in. We talk about the Stamps not getting enough pressure. The pressure was largely supposed to come from James Waters. Uh, he had, what, five sacks through six games. It was really heating up. He got off to a little bit of a slow start those first couple, and just he looked so good. Losing him, I believe it was a torn bicep. Might be their most important defensive player. Ah, you can argue Mike Rose. You can certainly argue Cam Judge, who should be an all-star. But those are not small injuries. Then you look. How many DBs? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven DBs. End of the season on the sixth game, including guys like Titus Wall, who were surefire starters. Hugh Thornton was going to be their starting right tackle. These are all, like, people say, oh, well, next man up. It's not that simple. Like, next man up is a cute thing for, for players to say. It's a great thing for coaches to say. It's the approach that you have to take. But as fans, we also have to recognize that losing your starters, the Trell Jamerson, like, like all of this really, really matters. And, you know, I, I, I saw someone yesterday take this even further saying, oh, well, you know, this is, this is nothing against Colton Hunchak, but he shouldn't be a starter as a Canadian receiver on a CFL team. Well, the Stamps were without Clark Barnes um, and Jalen Philpott. Clark Barnes was great. Now, I don't know that he could have kept it up. He was a rookie. Big, big increase in playing time. He was playing great. He was their starter at that sort of Canadian slot back position, if I'm not mistaken, for, for the first half of the year and was looking great. Jalen Philpott was supposed to be. You know, he had a, a pretty decent rookie season that was entrapped by injury. It looked like he was ready to take off. He didn't play a single minute this year. Yes, they knew that before the draft. That is why they went out and drafted Clark Barnes and Cole Tucker. I don't, I don't know where people think you're supposed to add more depth. Um like, you can't just find, there aren't just a bunch of Canadian receivers out there hanging out, ready to make an impact, who are on the open market. So I, I do think that the injury situation, for fans who are angry, this is this is going to be annoying. This is going to sound like making excuses and what have you. And I don't know that it's an excuse. I think it's an explanation, and we need to acknowledge that. And I, I still will argue that there are the bones of a good team uh, with the Stampeders. I will say that I also think that when you have injuries like this, it is increasingly difficult. This is true for every team around the CFL. I am not saying otherwise. We are, if you are not, if you are downplaying the impact of the American Spring Leagues, the USFL and XFL, they've merged. I don't know what they're called. If you are downplaying the impact of that on the ability of CFL teams to bring American players up who might be able to make an impact, you're crazy. That is, that is having a, that's been hugely detrimental to the ability of Canadian teams to do that. Um, the Stamps really thought that they had something in Shaq Richardson when they brought him back. You know, he's obviously been in the CFL for a while, decided to come up midseason. They needed him. My understanding is he tore his meniscus in his first game. He played the second game because uh, he hadn't quite figured out that the injury was that bad, but they lost him. But that was one of their guys who they brought in to replace. It is just not that easy. And I think that the injury situation, it is so hard for me to separate the underperformance of the Stampeders this year, and it wasn't underperformance, and I know that it's not good enough for fans or an organization that 
just expects much better of itself than this. They expect themselves to be contenders, and they were not. But you have to look at that six-game injured list and acknowledge that it had an impact. It just did. Um, and next man up is not actually a thing. When the injury situation gets this serious, there's just going to be a de decline in in productivity and the way you can play. That said, I expect changes around Calgary this year. I think that they have to bring in at least some competition at that starting quarterback position. I think that there's a lot of money being spent in key spots. I mean, I love Trey Roberson. I, are, are they paying him the, the money that they did this year? Uh, I doubt it. I think that you have to reinvest some money otherwise. But also, again, if you can't get American guys who are ready to come up, it's harder. And yeah, you've got to keep guys like that. And I'm not saying Trey Roberson was the problem, to be clear. But I just know that, you know, they've spent money in big places. I'll go so far as to wonder, I mean, Kadeem Carey, who is a guy I absolutely love as a guy and love as a player, um, they paid him a lot of money and he didn't play as much this year as, as you might like. He was hurt. Um, he is a 31 year old running back. Is that where you're investing your money next year? I don't know. I don't have the answers here, but it's going to be very interesting to see this team try to rebuild on the fly and try, as I know, they expect to be, you know, back, back competing with the Winnipegs and the lions and the Argos and the elements of the world. Uh, that's the expectation. This team has not won a playoff game since 2018. I've talked about this on the podcast. That cannot be just ignored. It is a fact. This is this team has not been in a West final since 2018 when they won the Grey Cup. This, the standards have dropped on some level, unfortunately. I don't know that the internal standards, I think that they expect better of themselves, but the reality is they haven't been there. This is not the same Stampeders from all those years ago. And I, I think that we need to acknowledge that. I don't know where the change has to come, but it's been five years. We can acknowledge that some change is necessary. I do not put this on Dave Dickinson. I don't care what people say. Uh, do I question whether there needs to be some, do, do they need to look at, at, at some of the play calling? Um, probably, but I don't think that's actually Dave. Um, and I, I, I don't know where you start, but you need to, ultimately I, I do think that, that there needs to at least be some competition at quarterback a little bit. That is not to say that I put this all on Jake. He's a young quarterback. Hopefully he grows from this and gets better, but I don't think it was necessarily healthy when he was struggling to not really be able to bring him out and, and give another guy some reps. That's all. I'm not saying, oh, Jake's not the starter of the future. I don't believe that. I think he's got every possibility. I think we underestimate that this was his first year, first true year as a starter. Um, I, have, I have faith that Jake can be the starter to, to lead this team forward, but I do think if he has a bad stretch, if he has a bad couple quarters, if it's just not working for him, you want a quarterback who can come in and throw the ball and push him, but also honestly, like help you win games. Um, and I love Tommy Stevens, but I don't, I haven't seen any indication necessarily that, that he is that guy through the air. Uh, and if you're not going to use him on short yardage in the playoffs, um, what's the point there? Uh, so yeah, we'll see. Look, this was a hugely disappointing season. We're going to continue breaking this down. Um, full marks to the lions though, man. What a, what a performance. Um, you know, this is, this is a team that's been built, built well. They've been built the right way. And I, as I said, I'm personally absolutely thrilled for Vernon Adams. I think he's taken a lot of, a lot of junk over the years. And uh, just to see him sort of have this moment, I hope he goes out and shines against the Bombers. I'm not saying I hope they win. Um, couldn't care less, really. But I hope he plays great in that game. I hope that he rightfully gets his flowers as one of the quarterbacks you can win games with in the CFL. We need more of them, and I'm so happy to see 
you know, trying to perform this way. Anyways, um, hey guys, we're gonna get to Ian Busby here, but shout out to you for listening. Uh, huge shout out to Mugs Pub as we wrap up uh, our sponsor here. They've been an amazing. They've just been an amazing, and uh, I will before we get done here talk a little bit more about them. But I've just done a 23 minute intro, which is considerably longer than I normally do. So let's get to Ian Busby right away. Thank you to them. Thank you to Fraser and Fug and Fraser and Fig. And yeah. There we go. Guys, let's say you're having a party. Let's say you're having a picnic. Let's say you're having any occasion. I gotta talk to you about Fraser and Fig. Because I love these guys. Here in Martin Loop, a couple storefronts down from our studio here. Fraser and Fig, man, these guys do these delicious elevated cheese and charcuterie boxes. You know, they're made with all these fresh artisanal ingredients, on-demand grazing, pickup, delivery. You got it. Just let them know what you want. They will get it to you. Honestly, I'm such a big fan. I had a picnic a little while ago. I brought one of their curated boxes, and it was a huge hit. I looked great. People loved it. We're hungry. They weren't hungry anymore. These ready-to-go boxes, they got them in four sizes. All their boxes come with meat, cheese, dried fruit, fresh fruit, nuts, olives, pickles, and carrots. Their selections vary from month to month. Choices are always new. You know, just because you've had one doesn't mean you've had them all. I love Fraser and Fig. I love having them as a sponsor. They're the best. Make sure you check them out. Tell them by from the 55 sent you. All right, Ian Busby, I got you here. I just uh, yeah, we just rolled in on a Sunday morning with that extra hour of sleep, and we've enjoyed it because we needed after a, a long day, a long Saturday of watching football, and a disappointing day for Stan Peters fans. Yeah, I then had to cover the Flames game after the football. Yeah, game. I, I I didn't have to cover it. I watched a little bit of that, and I was like, I'm kind of sportsed out for today. Uh, so Yeah, I was feeling that way. I can promise you that. Because, I mean, I did obviously watch the whole LOS Ticats game. Uh, I went for, we're not going to talk too much about it because we have, well, I think we've got, we've but got... I went for an amazing sandwich yesterday morning. Oh, uh, with my friend Lee, we'll, we'll talk about that another oh, time. I'm, but, I'm interested in hearing about the sandwich. I got course. home, I watched the tail end of Arsenal losing to Newcastle, which was a mistake because it was an extra like hour at the start of, of, of the day of sports. And then I settled in my, on my couch, watched what I thought was a pretty interesting tie cats LOS game, which we are going to get to, but full disclosure, like gonna be a lot of stamp stock here. Uh, <laughs> and then, so it had been like seven hours before I actually had to start working for the flames game. Okay. And I was like, uh, Oh, no. you're a little mentally exhausted <laughs> by that point. I was just uh, so done star- staring at screens, but it was yeah. to be honest, the flames played really well. Um, well, I was watching some Oilers action before the, uh, CFL East semifinal and then the West semifinal. So I got my fill of, and then I was like, wow, the I need to like terrible. read a book or go to a ballet or do <laughs> like something that doesn't involve packing up my, my, my apartment's such a mess right now because I'm moving like, yeah. Um, and, and then, or watching sports. Um, I'm just going to start here. I'm going to, rather than just opening the four completely, um, the Stampeders season ended the way it should have. It ended the way most of the games have gone, yeah. where they just weren't good enough. They came out hot. They, you know, they had the, a nice game plan to start out with. Bang, bang, they're down in the, the end zone. I'm like, okay. It, w- it made me reminiscent of the 2012 West Final when Calgary was going into BC as a huge underdog. And Kevin Glenn fires to Mar- Maurice Price on the first play. They, they knew exactly they were going to target the safety. can't remember his name now, but... They were targeting a Canadian safety. They knew if he bit, they were going to be wide open. It was like, bam, okay. Oh, that's oddly reminiscent. I'm like, okay, maybe they can get going. Maybe they can continue this. And then that interception early was the like a, a bad early turning point, just not a very good throw by Jake. And not there were 
a couple turning points. Uh, yeah, but, and that's that was like like an early turning point where it was like, okay, you suddenly you, you feel like you got them on the mat. There was a two and out. Okay, you're coming right back, and then yeah, they if you got go some up fourteen moment. early. The Lions are going to get in their own heads a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and and you you can start to manipulate. Okay, start clock managing and start doing that type of thing. Didn't work out that way, and then Vernon Adams just caught fire. Like that first half was like I remember you mentioning the Zach Colaros. Uh, against Saskatchewan first half this one was like not maybe as perfect but this was like okay two touchdown passes through the air two touchdowns running the ball and he just was unstoppable and they like they. Couldn't. I mean I said in my intro that he rem- he reminded me of sort of peak Zach in the sense that when the stamps brought pressure on him he was actually at his most dangerous like yeah you almost felt like oh well you should sit back and, and not put pressure because he's so good at scrambling out of the pocket yeah. and finding. But then, but then if you don't, he's just going to get enough time to find. And, and he was Keon great. Hatcher and yeah, he was and great in both situations. And, like, yeah. uh, and you saw, I mean, there was, I actually thought TSM did a really nice job um, isolating like, like parts of individual plays. And, you know, there was a play where Isaac added Yemi Bergland. Basically, I mean, he was five feet. He had to commit to going in for the tackle or yeah. holding back and trying to block. And he had no idea what to do. No. And that's not a knock on on Isaac. That is literally just Vernon was playing at that level, is so quick on his feet, is so intelligent. And then he was firing bullets. Yeah. He was firing into, I mean, <laughs> there were probably some holes in the defensive backfield that you didn't want there, but he was also. But you got to find there. them and you got to hit them. And right? to be honest, like he was, he was also firing bullets into like very tight spaces at times. Like yeah. he just played. Like the St. Peter's had no answer. Um, there's and he, there... he doesn't look like he's hobbled at all. But I thought that knee injury a month ago in Hamilton, I thought maybe he was going to have some residual feelings from that. No, he seems totally fine. He's moving around well. He's making good decisions. And, you know, I, I think we said that last week. I was like, yeah, you know, whatever, whatever team comes out of this West final, I feel pretty good going into Winnipeg. I mean, I, it's just like, I, that's the the bonus part about winning your semifinal game is you got some momentum from this playoff game. And now the lions look like they're like, when you don't have lucky whitehead, uh, he's just sitting on the bench and you're not even using him. That's well, that's how deep your receiving core is. And that's that receiving how, core isn't, I mean, and your, your all over the place. Dominic Grimes, who at times of the season, I thought was the best receiver in yeah. the CFL, particularly earlier in the year. He only had, Two catches for 33 yards. Now, the thing is, Keon Hatcher yeah. has emerged as just an absolute monster. But, like, Katoy is great. Mizell, like, they just – Hollins, like, I'm just listing off the guys. But, like, they just have so many yeah. weapons. Um, And, like, so do the Bombers. So, we're, we're, we'll end off this sort of yeah. segment with you talking looking forward. But I do want to maintain our sort of focus on on the back. But, look, the I have a lot of issues with some decisions by the Stampeders in this game. And I'm not going to, like, sugarcoat that. But the starting point is just the Lions were a better team all season and they were sure as hell a better team on Saturday. Yeah. Um, and they deserved this win on every level. And someone tweeted out, and this is the only thing I'm going to say about the West final before we focus on the Stampeders. I believe it's supposed to be around zero in okay. Winnipeg. Yeah. So Winnipeg is going to have a huge home field advantage because you're at IG field. It is not indoors. It is cold weather. Those right. fans are incredible. They're loud. But Conversely, it's not the minus 20 game that we were fearing. So right. the Lions, that that it's crazy to only talk about the weather. There's so much else that needs to go into a football game. The Lions are going to be carrying a little momentum. Vernon's going to be able to throw the ball. Well, and if he's running like that, maybe he's just going to be able, maybe they can f- come up with a game plan to avoid those defensive ends and find you know, some holes in the Winnipeg defense because 
the Winnipeg defense has struggled against mobile quarterbacks in the last year or so here. So if they're, if that continues and Vernon Adams is junior is just as mobile as he was in this game, if he can continue that, if he starts running and like, that was the thing it was like, there, there was just like, Oh, damned. If you do damned, if you don't, if you're going after him and, and you're, well, you're, it's just a, when he, when he's playing at the top of his level, he is one of the best quarterbacks in the league and he can go out and win against anybody. And one player does not make the difference with the Calgary St. Peter's, but as we, as we focus a little bit to be doing sort of an obituary and um, yeah, hopefully, I don't know what you call it. Post-mortem, Post-mortem I guess. Yeah. yeah. Like I did, I, I think we felt the absence of James Waters all season. Yeah. Um, I certainly think coming right after that Montreal, um, that, that Montreal Hamilton game where we just saw it like, man, Sean Lemon is such a stud. He's obviously been on this podcast three times. So like, I'm going to say that I, I, I consider him to be, if not a friend, uh, someone I have a lot of, a lot of time for, um, but like favorite guest of the show, I think you can call it well, right up there. I mean, we, I, I thanked as many guests as I could uh, right. on, on my, on my Twitter this week, but he, he's been amazing. And I just think that you a little bit saw what like the absence of an elite defensive end. And last year, like Fuller and Armalade was probably the Stamps' best player in a similarly disappointing West semifinal. Right. Um, but you you certainly look, you lost Lemon and Oramalade, and you hope that Hauser, I'm not saying Hauser's been bad, but I don't think he brings that same um explosive pressure that either of those two guys. And then Vodders was your okay, we got this guy, we know we can play. He's been good in the CFL for us, then got a lot of looks in the NFL, actually played in the NFL. Vodders comes in, starts the season strong tears his bias up and is out. And I really feel like when you're playing a quarterback like Vernon, they just could have used. And whether you want to focus on the mistake of allowing Lemon to walk or Mulata, they could not afford. They no. like, believe me, they wanted to bring him back. The Argos had the advantage of making him the highest paid defensive end in well, the league. And yeah, like that is, they couldn't, like, they, they just made choice. that their focus, right? So yes. Yeah. But you, I really felt like we saw we just saw what it means to lose, to not have a true elite defensive end in this league. Yes. And that they don't, they're not easy to find and they're hard to come by. Right. And that's why you end up having to overpay to get one from another team is what happened. Like it's the question with Levin is, could they like, it, it's the thing. Like, I don't know if you had, like he was sitting, the he most... was sitting there just at, at home waiting for an, a call after BC, let, let him go right before training camp. Was it before training camp or was it? He was also week? the most expensive defensive player on your team last year. You could have signed him before free agency. Yeah. You'd wanted to, and they decided to go in another direction. I don't know the details of those negotiations. I, I truly no. don't. Um, so it's like, it's hard for me to be, I'm not trying to say the stamps player personnel people got that one wrong. No. They just, he may have wanted too much. They money. just, they just made decisions to go certain directions and those directions didn't work out whether it was you know on on in the offensive tackle realm they just couldn't find an offensive tackle that just was elite and then the defensive and and, and defensive end they just like they just chose to go the Vauders route and he got hurt it's just bad luck and that's the thing is i do like i i I think that there are still the bones of a good team um yeah that here in calgary um i think you are banking next year obviously on Vodders being back and being healthy you need that yeah uh, i think he's only going to be 31 which is not old for a defensive end no lots of lots of football left in them um but i do think that that has to because you know that in wigan and rose you have a great interior you have the defensive line can can flat out like they are as good as anybody um 
but I think you just you need pressure coming from the outside. Yeah. I, and I, I think we saw BC bring that pressure. You and need pressure and contain is what you need. And contain. Um, yeah. absolutely. And I, I think we saw BC both their defensive line line and offensive line won their battles. And this is there are we we will get to Jake. We will get to a, a lot of things, a lot of other areas, but um, I do think that like that's sort of where you have to start if you are looking to where you're going to spend your money this this offseason. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm like, is there another guy out there? Like, you're going to have to try and figure out that out. Like, I don't know what the free agent list look like or we who, don't know that what, who's going to shake out. But it's the day did, after the game. We're not yeah, looking ahead to did, February and saying no. The and then the thing I just is think that, that those are areas where you know you have to improve. Right. Yes. And in getting guys back from injury, you got to factor in injuries into what you do, right? And I always, yeah. I always looked at when teams were adding play personnel during the off season. I was like, well, you know, you got to, you know, there's a certain percentage of injury factor, and the percentage of injury factor this year was higher on the stamps than it normally would have been, especially in key positions. So you ended up having a higher level of rate of injury. And you, it's harder to overcome if you don't have that solid depth all the way down to the end of the roster. But that comes from building guys. And I, when the Stamps were in their heyday in the mid-2010s here, they were constantly ha- bringing in guys who, this guy could start. And then when he got his chance, it was like he'd already been there for a year or two, right? No, I mean, They the, just went to the well and it was dry now. Mike Rose is the perfect <clears throat> example. For all we know, in 2018, Mike Rose might have been the second best defensive tackle right in the entire CFL. it's just the best was michael johnson who was ahead of him on the depth chart yeah uh and i think that i, I don't want to banter and i want to stay focused but again and then that's I, how you build that's how you build fact, winning organizations. this is not just from stan peter's people this is from this is from other teams around the league they are finding it incredibly difficult incredibly difficult to get their negless guys to come up the the sort of american that they have targeted yeah. as being cfl players those guys those 23 24 year olds they're coming out of college and have a dream of playing in the NFL, they understand, and they are not necessarily wrong, that if yeah, the but, goal is playing in the NFL, putting tape on the same size field as the NFL and the same number the same of downs, rules and the, the yeah. same rules, and doing that in the XFL slash USFL is it probably has more value. I also think that the XFL has done a much better job all offseason. They would just be tweeting out, yes, our player signed in the NFL. They are openly a development league trying to develop, and that makes it harder for the CFL. So I right. don't know yeah. how you're going to replace these guys. So it may be a matter of the stamps have to go more deep into free agency, or you have to trust that some of these guys who, who got hurt this year are going to come back. What do you do with a Malik Henry who he's a, at an explosion position towards Achilles Malik Henry was in my opinion, the most the, the best, I, I would say best. Yeah. The best player that the Stampeders had on their payroll going into this season. He was, and he started the season really year, really great. He was their best receiver last year. Deep ball threat, everything. I was so ready. Do we think he's going to be 90% of the same player? I mean, Achilles for for a receiver is a really difficult. Yeah, and I don't from. know what the history is of guys coming back and being like speed guys coming back from that type of thing. So it's it's hard to judge on that but i wouldn't put it past him to be able to like the the advances in the medical treatment and everything and the rehab recovery is so good right now that you can come back from that are you going to be all that you were before maybe not but if 95 percent of what you said was the best player 
coming into this season, he's still going to be a, Absolutely. An, an asset and somebody that can, you know, lead your team in an offensive category. Achilles is always one. I think ACL, MCL, I, I have full faith in players sort of coming back right. at this point. I think medical science is an asset. Achilles still makes me very nervous. Yeah. Um, it's also a gruesome injury to have and then try to recover from. Yeah. So I think the defensive backs are basically impossible to talk about. Um, I, in, I haven't seen enough games in person for me to have any judgment oh, no, on that just, because on television, I can't tell downfield who's covering what when I'm in the stadium, I can. And so I haven't seen enough games in person. I've seen them on and anybody who goes, Oh, these receivers are wide open downfield. I'm like, well, you don't know, like you're seeing the end of the plays and then exactly. the replay. I'm like, okay, a lot of stuff happens in replays that you, you know, isolation, you need to see kind of the whole field and what they're playing. The, the stamps played a lot of zone yesterday. It, it was like, and it was, they were trying to go zone and then back to man and it wasn't working. And then they were doing different fronts to try and mix it up, drop guys back into coverage. And it just, none of it worked. Also seven DBs on the 16 minute list. I'm sorry. It makes it basically impossible to <laughs> evaluate the job yeah. that Dwayne Cameron did as DB coach. It, to be honest, I, I, I just, I don't care if this is, yeah, it's an excuse. It's an explanation. It's like Matrell yeah. Jamerson was supposed to be a starter. Titus Wall was a starter. Like all of these, Julian Charles looked like he was going to be a, work his way into being a starter. Like these are just, at some point, this is the CFL. It is small rosters. When your depth is tested to this extent, yeah. I, I'm sorry, I will not. Like I, I, it is an explanation and I just, I have trouble with it. Um, People are like, oh, well, you can see the holes in their scheme. Well, well DB is a okay. communication position. Like DB, like guys have to know who they are. It is why... Do you know what a big, like a big, big part of the Stampeders' success through the 2000s was just that Brandon Smith and Jamar Wall were there? You, yeah, like well, they, and then also they had Keon Raymond around of, too. Of course, and, but they could carry on from, Keon Raymond was done by the time I got there. Oh, okay. But then they had these <clears throat> right, veterans yeah. who were able to basically be oh, yeah. extra coaches on the field oh, yeah. being like, okay. It was, and it, that's why, and, and you see often in the CFL, the halfback position defensive halfback position is so hard to play <clears throat> excuse me that when you find one you keep them forever like you and i think of some of the guys it was like the bc lions during the 2000 uh, 2000s there they were just like and i the names are escaping me right now but they had Corey banks and they just kept him for years and years and years it was like yeah we're gonna keep that guy and ryan phillips like so <laughs> because and then ryan phillips becomes a defensive coordinator because that position is like, okay, when you get a smart guy there and you're always bringing in new guys to see. And it's like, no, the, the veterans are always going to be best at those positions. And you're right. They had Brandon Smith and Jamar wall. And it's like, okay. And when you lose a couple of veteran guys like Titus wall, like, or and second year player, but yes, I know, but yeah. he, but he's an older player too. An right? impact player. Like yeah. a guy who came in, I was, yeah. would have, probably been second to Dalton Schoen last year for most of rookie. If you haven't right. played, like he's a impact player. Yeah. Um, so it, it's just, it, you, yeah, you, and you, when you get into these cycles in the stamp. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film. If only in theaters, May 17th, do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Had this long, long run of, and it's hard to just keep replenishing and replenishing. And we just hit the breaking point where they were just depleted this year. And, you know, we... Well, again, they brought in Shaq Richardson and... Chuck Richardson got hurt. It was on six game from his first game. My understanding is they didn't he didn't necessarily understand the injury, so I think he played a second game. Okay, but was hurt in his first game, and then like he was their big okay. Well, we got Shaq at least. Right here we go, and then he's been gone. Like yeah. there was no relief here, and I uh, they just he, had a long series of bad luck all year long, and it and eventually ended. came to bite them. And and I, we're not surprised at this game yesterday. Like, I, I think it felt like okay, well, I. I was hopeful. I was like, okay, I want to see a nice, good game. And it didn't turn out that way. And then it just kind of all falls apart and you're just watching yeah. it. And like, ah, uh, and they're scoring at the end to make it closer. So the 41 30 doesn't really, yes. the score doesn't ex- explain how not close it was. The it wasn't close game. at all. We're going to get to the second half in a second. I just, I'm trying to just go through position group. Look, bring back your linebackers. If you can, I will say that one thing that I noticed was Silas Stewart was also playing a lot yesterday. Um, Cam Judge, you absolutely do whatever you can to bring that guy back. <laughs> yeah, pay the man. Um, yeah, and he was uh, he was the all star on this he was, roster. Without I, don't, I didn't, I, I thought he was like way ahead of uh, Mike Alway. Not to discount what Alway did, but I, I just thought Cam Judge was and being a Canadian, it just adds to the. There's a part of me that if I could go back and redo all my votes, and I I have a tendency for most outstanding player to go with the offensive player because I believe that defensive players have their own award. Um, I I think it's actually – I understand why you don't do it, but it almost is worth just saying most outstanding offensive player and most outstanding defensive. um, For marketing purposes, you don't do that. But um, either way, I I, I maybe would have voted Cam Judge as most outstanding player in retrospect. Um, well, and you generally, when you're going to do those voting, you would only pick a defensive player if there was no offensive player who was even remotely qualified, right? Yep. And Reggie Bagleton did have a really good season, and he's one of the like building block stable pieces of the Stampeders. So you're like, okay, that's that's your guy. But I, you could have made an argument either way, and I don't think you would nope. have lost either. And argument. I just think you know, right now, assuming that those guys are coming back or, or willing to stay linebackers not an area where you mess with next year i yeah. think that, that was a a very solid um th- th- that was a position group that i thought probably outperformed um expectations and they're probably the only one who can do that offensive line we sort of already touched on you need to get tackles uh receivers is tough to talk about 
for the reasons that we've already touched on Malik Henry, but Jalen Philpott also being out for the whole year, Clark Barnes. I just, it is hard for me to talk about the receivers without ultimately going to the past game as a whole. Um, and I struggle a little bit with, with where we're at in terms of the quarterbacks. Um, I think that what is very clear, and I said this in my intro, is I really like Tommy Stevens. Um, Jake, I still think that you have faith and move forward with him, but you need a second option. You can throw the ball. I, I think you need, I don't know who it is, but you need some sort of a veteran that's still on the rise to come in and challenge. I mean, it's impossible. Really, and let's it, be totally honest. Basically, BC is the only team yeah. in the league with that and, right that, now. And right now, I would be saying, like, Dane Evans, if he was available, that is the type of guy you would want. Yeah. Um, I don't know if, if Trevor Harris became available. Would you be interested in him? Because at his point in his career, I don't think he wants to challenge. I think he just wants to be a starter. I just think and, that... Or Jeremiah Mazzoli might be available. Yeah. So... I don't, I don't know. The way I look at it is, is like, I still have faith that Jake can turn around, but you need somebody has an option. There was just no option. Well, that's the thing. Jake, when, Jake started all the games this year and threw all the passes. And like, if Jake struggled and you were, you're, you were down, let's say like, it's a 20 to six game where yeah. you're like, all right, we're going to the fourth quarter. We have a shot, but like Jake doesn't have it today. We need you a want, spark. Yeah. We need someone else to bring in. I, I think that, while I, I like Jake and have faith, and I have always maintained that he was a first-year starter who was sort of treated as this veteran, um, he's still young. He's still 26. Um, I should probably make sure before I say that, Jake. I, I know we always be off the top of your 26, head. 26, yeah. yeah. Um, and so I, I think it's absolutely worth it. I am not saying you move on from him, but I am saying that, like, in those situations... You need, you need more depth there. Yeah. You, you need more depth there. You need someone who can who can who who you can rely on to go in and... If the quarterback's the problem in a the game, then you can put him in. And I don't know how much because there was so much yesterday that I was like, <laughs> was the play call? Like, like I understand why they were trying to force the ball to Luther Hackenavanu in sort of the end zone because he is taller. Yeah. And I think that last year, I remember specific games against BC where he was able to outjump uh, the DBs. So that's like why you do it. But when it doesn't work and you go back to it, I'm, I'm not totally sure. I believe that. I'm, I'm a big believer in you put the ball in in your best player's hands but like that second and three i referenced this in the intro your second and three the game is still within range why aren't you giving the ball to tommy stevens and saying go get us two years two yards on the second and then, then two, two, yards two yards on, on the, the third first. and <laughs> instead they do this little pass to the sideline that yeah. doesn't work and they lose yards and have to settle for the field goal that seems like a no-brainer that and i don't think that's on jake right like that's there were just so many plays and I tweeted at the end of the game. I was like, this, I respect that the stamps are going out the way they came in, just short yards behind the line of scrimmage when they need 15. I don't think that's on Jake. I think that's play calling, but I don't understand it. And I said, going into this game, you have to live and die with, with Jake throwing the ball downfield. You have to play vertically. You have to take the risks and accept that there may be mistakes and that it may cost you the game. But this was not going to beat this Vernon Adams Lions team, this, this, yeah. like these short little passes, these dinks and dunks, they weren't going to work. Well, and I don't know. Go what, out on your sword. What was, well, what was open downfield? I don't know. I didn't break, I haven't break down the game no, tape yet. See it. And it's hard, it's hard to see <laughs> on when we're watching on television. But what I did see in the first part was they were pushing the ball and then that big pass to Mark and Michelle. And you're like, okay, now that feels like, okay, we got to continue with that. Right. And then did 
Jake get a little gun shy when he throws the interception? And that's what we don't know because we don't yeah. know what's being called. Yeah. But and then you did, can't did get- they get a little gun shy when he? So like, let's okay, well, we're, just, we how- can't make mistakes because we're going to pay for them. In a big game like this, we got to limit the mistakes. It's play calling or Jake, though, all we ever heard about Bo Levi Mitchell during the years where, yes, well, well, during the years where he was the best quarterback in the league was what he was good at was he was so confident that if he threw a bad pass, he just completely forgot about it by the next time he got on yeah. the field. And if if the thing is the Stamps got gun shy because of an interception in the first quarter, well, that's a problem. Yes. You're not supposed to get gun shy in those situations. You're supposed to be going for it. Stick to the game plan is what it is. And right? I, I think that it is like, I'm not a football coach. These guys are so much smarter than me. So I'm so resistant to the idea of me coming out here and calling out play calling. And I don't know if that's what it is, but what I know is that so many times this season, the stamps looked, even when they were down, they looked afraid of the big mistake. They, they looked like they were just resistant to that. And that I get all of these injury issues. I get you don't have Malik. I, I really like Mark and Michelle. I don't quite think he's Malik. I, I just, I look at this entire team and there was just a level where like, where's so, the guts? Go for the glory, man. Yeah. So it's like, a, don't it's, just it's, accept your loss by doing. It's a vicious cycle. If you lose confidence in your personnel, your personnel is going to lose confidence in you and then vice versa. And it's just going to keep spiraling. So and maybe that's what happened. I don't know for sure, but it, it, it just, it just felt like it was like this team has, enough offensive weapons that they should be able to push the ball downfield and then open up that running game. And they, they, and it's also, they aren't creative in that, in that respect. So I'm like, not mentioning, I thought Demery had a really tough game yesterday. He had a couple procedure penalties. Like I also understand that if you're Jake or you're the coaching staff, you're like, Oh man, the outside pressure from the lions right now is killing us. We yeah. got to get the ball out quick. Right. So I also fully understand that this is not a simple, Oh, sit in the pocket for three seconds and fire the ball downfield. That's a ridiculous, easy statement. It drives me nuts when other people make it, Right. but yeah, it's the difference between when you're three Mississippis and five Mississippis, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like, like it's just, people are going to be open on five. Yeah, you're not open on three. Well, that's and tough. if you don't we have gotta, the time, and you're we, just we take have a sack. We or, have to pass. Exactly. We have to throw it or throw it away or, you know, risk um, a mistake. Yeah, and maybe so. it's as simple as go get, go get experienced tackles, and you'll have a little bit more time in the pocket, and you'll be able to make those plays happen. I don't know, but it like all season was frustrating, and it was yeah. frustrating yesterday that when the game was on the line. Because make no mistake, the second half starts with a turnover. Yeah, and they settle for a field goal. You had to get into the end zone on that play. Like the the opportunity. Well, was open up. that was the problem. They were they were taking they were settling for field goals way too often, and was like, okay, well, when it came to down to, R- Renee was five for five, and it's like, ah, uh, yeah, it's great that he's he's oh. hitting them, but you don't you need to turn a couple of those into majors because the other side was scoring majors, yeah. and you're you're, you're going to trade majors for field goals. You're not gonna. They also had you're not you're not gonna stick with them. They also got possession back when Cody Grace was was hit which was like a, a golden opportunity that was basically gifted them. Um, got a new set of downs. They, at one point there was, I believe Jake, it was Jake who fumbled and that play was called back. Yeah. Like because of an offside, like they had, they were some, they, they, some of the bounces were going their way. Some right? of the bounces were going their way. Yeah. And as hard as it is to blame the defense, like the defense played pretty well to start the second half. They couldn't do it forever, but yeah, they just, yeah. They, but, and when you're down that much, then when the other side does put up field goals, they're still chipping away at your, at your, you're not getting any headway and you're not going to cut into that lead and break it down. No. Yeah. So let's, so let's, I, and I think all of our confusion and what the hell went wrong thoughts 
that we have, I think the coaching staff has the same thing. I think they, they're going to take a long, hard look at everything that went wrong this season and what everything was going. Like, why did it go off the rails when it did? Like sometimes that team, you just like didn't know what stamps team was going to show up and then, okay, that's so, and and you you just got to take a long, hard look at that. And then, think about it and it was like okay well maybe this was this and this we changed some here things here i feel like dave dickinson is going to come back and they're going to run this back and they're going to be back to being a good team next year that's my feeling yeah because I, I, there's too much of a track record there to not have that feeling the injury the injury situation makes it difficult yeah um in in my mind to really get i i'm not going to grade anyone here um because i just like I think quarterbacks rely on their receivers. When the receivers get hurt, then it becomes more difficult. They, I think the receivers rely on their quarterback. I, I think that the quarterback relies on your offensive line. I think everyone, every piece, and when all of those pieces are somewhat decimated by injury, it is difficult. But there's also a standard here in Calgary. These yeah. are the Calgary Stampeders we are talking about. And to be honest, I I sense in part because I'm someone who I think a lot of Stamps fans like can yell at when they <laughs> no, but like when they're really trying, yeah, when, exactly well, when, when they, they really want to voice their opinion about the team they go to you yeah. sort of right like nobody like, comes to me anymore which is great well and i'm yeah. not i'm actually not saying that it's negative it's part of like the yeah. fun of the job is oh that yeah I get, 100%. Is that I get feedback on the team and sometimes people just want to yell yeah um and want to vent their frustration and i have no issue with that whatsoever but whether it's twitter or my post media email i do get a lot of frustration um and the only frustration I got about this podcast was someone saying I talked about stats too much, um, but <laughs> <laughs> whatever. It was the on run ongoing joke all year long. So I, I know we're not. I honestly. Mean, and now stats don't matter. The season's over. I think that so. there is a real frustration um, from the top down with this organization. Um, I think that well, and a- it, everyone it, recognizes Jay McNeil is doing a great job. Um, so there's absolutely no criticism there. But I think people want to see an investment in in. The entire product and i i don't think you can fault the way that they spent their money on players this year they had a million dollars on the six game injured list and they yeah. spent it and they tried to bring guys in there can be no fault there but i think people are frustrated with the stadium i think people are frustrated with ultimately some of like the outreach to fans i yeah. think that um well and you the- saw the frustration being like they're voicing their opinion by not coming so the stamps had the largest attendance drop of the league this year and seven of the nine teams had an attendance increase so i hadn't seen that That's yeah well and there was these were numbers put together by three down nation and i trust their numbers fair and it was like yes the they are not trending in the direction that most other teams are trending in which is not good news but i wouldn't say it's impossible to turn that around i think you just need to have a, a bit more winning because winning brings them in well, right and the challenge from a business perspective is that these things are a little bit late and i think that the challenge is going to be if you are sort of running it back after yeah. a 6 and 12 season where you sort of limped out in the in the playoffs how you're selling yeah well, what's your back. selling point who's who's on the poster for the next year right yeah like okay like usually you have a big 3 on your posters and you're like all right these are our guys and well reggie bagleton's one of those guys and reggie's got to want to come back yeah i know he's a guy who cares about winning um but so but where do you go where do you probably have mike rose cam judge and reggie bagleton for now yeah um 
Because as I said, I, I I think that if you can get Kadeem Carey back, you obviously want him. He's great. But how much are you paying a guy who didn't play that much this year? Right. I, I think that there's going to be yeah. a question there. Um, I think there's questions there sort of across the roster about some of the areas where they paid guys really right. well. I'm not going to go into names right now because I know some of them listen and I don't want to be seen <laughs> as. Uh, you guys deserve all the money you can get. Yes. Uh, um, uh, one, we, one, one last thing. Yes, uh, like, then we're going to move on to like yeah, five minutes. I really so. hope Peyton Logan's okay. That was a massive collision i yeah. haven't seen too many of those in those my horrible. time and it was just horrid to oh, watch. i and mean the guys on both sides that, yeah that was awful yeah um, and i don't think uh, there was no malicious intent they were just going full speed and they just smacked right in there was other. no malicious intent yeah um, and it just it was just like that's what happens in and this is why and this is the reason i want to actually make sure that this we is get. the reason the nfl has basically eliminated kickoffs from their from their games because they you know, these type of injuries can happen on special teams when these guys are absolutely flying. So right, what were you looking up? I just wanted to make sure that we mentioned it. Hinsberger is the, Hinsberger, yeah. the name of the, the guy in the Lions. We're not just calling it. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was a that was a really hard play to watch. Uh, I thought TSN did a decent job. Um, yeah, they managed it pretty well. Yeah, so. they showed showed what happened and yeah. talked about it. They, they didn't overdo it. And, and it was in their highlight packages too. And they were just like, hey, this is a serious thing. And they they... And then they followed Logan going off. So I, it feels like he's going to be okay. Hinsberger took the brunt of that. And that's unfortunate for the Lions because they've got a game coming up on Saturday. No so, um, Okay. Can we talk about Hamilton now? Yes. Let's do it. Because um, what, where is Bo, Le, Be La, what is Bo Levi Mitchell doing? Is he in a suit? Is he in a uniform or elsewhere uh, as a coaching staff maybe? next june i addressed this a little bit in my intro okay um i didn't get to hear that so no no i, I suspect like if bo wants to play he's probably going to have to either take a restructured contract for less money with the tie cats or let's be totally honest it's not like there's a ton of quarterbacks in this league someone's probably gonna be willing yeah to take a a, a, a look at him next year but it's not it's not going to be for the same amount of money um I had, as I said, I have no issue with anything that he said post game. It was just a statement of fact. Yeah, you're not going to pay me this much to be your backup. So, right. um, no, it, and it was it was a curious decision. And I, right from the, the moment that I heard that that was the decision, I was like, you better be right, because you, it's easy to go <laughs> with the veteran, the guy that you're paying all the money, and the guy who's honestly they had started in the last few weeks, and they were working a two two QB system. You know, that doesn't work forever, but it could have worked for this game. I just felt like that was a curious decision, and I, I wouldn't have made that. I would have gone with Bo. I would have had Bo in from the start of that. And uh, um, I, I'm like, I would, I haven't, like, listened to everything of what Steinauer was saying about what the decision was, but he, he, he just went with his gut, and it just didn't work. And that's the thing. It's like, it's your kind of damned if you do damned if you don't well oh well we should have brought in the young guy well i i don't know like I, I i would have went with the guy who's been there and done it before and won a lot of playoff games same here um and i i don't i don't really and i'm as you said you don't blame bo for being frustrated i'm like he's standing I, on the sideline he was doing all the things or saying all i don't the think bo things. was frustrated i don't think that that i, I watched I, I, he, he seemed a little bit like flabbergasted like yeah I but, think, but he was acknowledging they were asking him what his future held and he was like, like he was like probably like they're not gonna pay me to be the backup here right. i can i do not foresee that was not him saying i'm not gonna be here because they didn't play me yeah like which to be perfectly honest with you 
I've heard many stories. There is a player who the Stamps didn't play in the 2018 Grey Cup who's still in the league, playing at an all-star level, who the coaching staff, basically, when they didn't put him in, they recognized that he was gone. Yeah. And he was an important piece. Like, when guys, typically for playoff games, but I just think Bo was was reading the tea leaves and being like, they're not going to pay me to be the backup, but they're paying me. I I have no issue with it. I don't really get, I, I don't get why he wasn't in there. I think you, you pay those big bucks. You, you do it. I don't think Schultz had like dramatically outperformed. Oh, well, that was the year. thing. It was, I didn't like, I, I just looked at the way they had done their structure over the last month here, preparing that they were getting Bo ready to play in the playoffs. And, and I don't, it didn't feel like Schultz had done, like he didn't blow the light. He wasn't Nathan Rourke of 2022. Like he just wasn't, he wasn't going out there and going crazy. He was serviceable and he was effective, but he wasn't, I don't think he was starter level that hundred percent. Oh, that's going to be our guy. It, it just was curious to me. And Montreal once again is just, okay. They have, they have not lost a game against anyone else, but BC Winnipeg and Toronto, and those are the three three teams left. This is, dude, so, I said this at the intro. They're like, literally, like <laughs> the four like, best. This is literally what you want. This is the four best teams, so, and so far out, out of the four possible matchups, any, any, I think either of them could happen. Any of them could happen. I, I think it's like it's twenty five percent odds on any of them, and I wouldn't be surprised if if it's Montreal, BC, or if it's Winnipeg, Toronto, or if it's like it just it nothing is going to surprise me on, and because. Montreal has a lot of momentum in the second half and they look like they're a solid team and oh, defensively. I mean, and we, you mentioned lemon earlier, but Sankey had a Dar- Darnell Sankey had another great game and he just looks like at, at some point, <laughs> like he is one of the best linebackers in this league. And again, there's he's a, right in the mix. Yeah. Like he's right is, in the is mix. He going <laughs> back to the XFL. No, I, when we had him on this podcast, yeah, he was very clear that he was like, no, I, I spent my time down there. I realized that, the CFL is, is where I, yeah. I should be. And why I believe that is because he's sort of at the age where he's probably not getting an NFL shot. Yeah. So it's like for him, if the money is roughly the same and it might be more here. Yeah. Um, it, it, and he's going to, he's going to be up here dominating. And he has to like so, play as part of something that like has tradition and all of that. Like if it's not, I'm going to get an NFL shot. I, I fully understand why he'd want to be here. Yeah. Um, I couple things about this game. First of all, I'm so happy for Jake Hardy like yeah well man, I, I, as he started to bobble that ball i was like no 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 and then he pulled yeah. it in and went went to the end zone that was great to see for him. i don't like yeah. know jake hardy super well he was obviously with the dinos but yeah. like that's a guy who you know i thought he was out of the league him coming back in that moment like that's just that was that really was cool fun, yeah um and that was a that was a great read on a, a collapsing pocket and cody forjardo just like dumps it off to him and he hits the end zone and that was the killer that 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 was the like the yeah the dub Hundred percent. That was that was the one that sealed that victory. So. Um, again, to repeat myself, because I did. Man, Cody Fajardo has been in three of the like he's been in division <laughs> finals three of the last four years. Like, put some respect on this man's name. That's just another quick yeah. note. Um, Chris Edwards, is he worth it? Um, uh, I was. I, I honestly, I saw this the end of that game, and then it was like I saw the name on the back of the jersey, and I'm like, uh, maybe he should sit out first third of next year like i mean i don't like this is a guy who's been suspended multiple times right yeah 100 percent. and for really like okay and the the tsn cameras had the mic right in like right on jason moss this and jason, is what i want to say jason moss walked <laughs> over to the the ref and he's like 
these guys know they're going home. They're acting like jerks. Basically I'm paraphrasing. Like you can't kick any of my guys out and I don't want to risk any of my guys getting suspended for defending themselves. Like part of, so, it, part it, of like the just, culture of our league is in a, like, I mean, sometimes rightly, sometimes wrongly, but like, I generally think TSN does a pretty decent job with his broadcast. So I, I, I am oh, very yeah. resistant towards criticizing them. There are a lot of people who just love jumping on TSN. That was such good broadcasting. Oh, it was great. Oh my, yeah. like just, they were there. They caught the head coach saying a completely rational, like, yeah, he, he was guys, not. And in, if you kick my guys out and get my guys suspended when Hamilton picked the fight, yeah, and we should not have run on the field. That's the one area where right. I like have a little, but like, like, yeah, but you kick them out for this game. But like, but again, it's like we like get a hold of it because they're trying to start crap. Yes. And it was clear. It was clear that, and the guy who was starting crap is a guy who generally starts crap. Yeah. So I just, I thought it was like, it was such yeah. good TV in that moment because instantly like if you were at all confused about what had happened instantly you understood like the emotion of that moment for right. montreal and and jason moss and him being like and i just want to get my guys off the field safely yes and without causing more trouble but also this is a highly competitive sport with men in their early 20s and it's going to be hard to get them to not respond if Chris Edwards is punching them in the face while they're... And then grabbing them by the helmet and yeah. throwing them across the field. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, it was but, such good TV. Yeah. And also, kudos to Jason Moss. He was, his previous head coaching stints, he was known as a hothead, a guy who would, you know, kick the water cooler over and act like... like It, it just loses cool, like me in a rec hockey game acting like an idiot out there. Like, uh, he had... He has regained... He's gained a composure that is worthy of being the head coach and worthy of a guy who could take his team to the gray cup again. So that is, it just feels like, yeah. I mean, Montreal has become, and I don't know who said this. Someone did like, let us not forget that. Oh my God. Two years ago, they had no own or like a no, year ago, literally like yeah. going into free agency when Eugene Lewis and everyone was like, Oh, they're not signing players. They're not able to sign players because they don't have any ownership. They have no stability. Totally honest, I was like January, February of this year. Yes. I wondered whether I was like, are they going to be able to play? Yeah. Like, are they, are they going to fold it up? Are they, that's and has folded in Montreal before. So it was like, it was a general are. fear. And now here we are in the East final and they look as like capable of going and winning the Grey cup as any team. Yeah. So, um, so kudos, way, kudos I mean, to everybody in Montreal and, and yeah. some, you know, Danny Machocha has taken a lot of heat over the years, especially in this market, because they would make fun of him up in Edmonton, but he's done, a, he's had a long, good career of just building programs and, you know, fighting adversity. And then this one was like, really put it together. So heck of a job. Yeah. Heck of a job. Um, now they were got a little bit lucky that Jason Moss and Joe Cody for were available. So that helped. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they were the ones that took a chance on them. So yeah. yes. Okay. I do not think I am doing a midweek show this week. I'm, I'm sort of hoping to do a great cup show, but we're going to see how that goes. Uh, again, like, well, you can, you can Skype me in from the gray cup or, or, well, or whatever that, we'll see. whatever it that is. is. <laughs> it, it is truthfully like, and this is like, we've had such a great time doing this. We were always side of the state Peters. There's no like nothing going on here. Yeah. I think we're going to try to do a great cup show. Um, I am, I'm like literally covering an NHL team right now. Yes, and as a lot of people know, I am, I am moving in about two weeks. Uh, it, so I have a fair bit on my plate. Danny, and... what's come on, put your highest priority on a game that you're not going to come yes. on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so... I'm going to the game and this is going to be so, but I, I want to say, I just want to get your quick thoughts on 
West final. That's what we were going to do. Here. Okay. Um, let's actually start with the East final. I, okay. despite all the positives that we said about the Alouettes, I am not going to be the guy who picks against yeah. the team that lost, that did not lose a meaningful game where they played their starting quarterback for the full four quarters right. all season. Like the Argos remain the 16 and two team. They, I mean, the Alouettes gave them fights. But they like they handled the Alouettes. Like yeah. I don't think any of us can come in here and say like, oh, no. The, the games in Montreal were close. The one in Toronto wasn't. And but I, Jeff Hamilton made a really good point about the Argos that I hadn't thought about. There was all this focus on how they had three bye weeks in the summer. Yeah, and then they were just like they were going to be in trouble. Man, did winning all those games in the summer help? <laughs> well, exactly. It just positioned them to make like smart decisions to rest guys who needed rest down. So the, the bye week so basically didn't now, matter, and now they yeah. get this bye week. Okay, but. They've had just, they've been playing at this level and Montreal has brought up the intensity level. Are they going to be able to match that intensity? And we've seen that in the past on occasion. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say it happens every time, but a team that has been home and like, they've been no meaningful games for seven, eight weeks or so. You're going to have to ramp it up to playoff intensity without any, you got to go, you got to go zero to 60 in, in five seconds. They can. I just, that's the only thing that you would look at and go, okay, defensively, if the Alouettes can get after them, create some stuff, see what happens. Like, no, I, I think, I think it's Argos, anybody's ball game, but of course the Argos are going to be favored and very much so. I think that the Argos expected to be in a great cup. Ultimately, like some of the advantages, like, and I think Sean Lemon is going to have an impact on this game. Don't get me wrong, but I think that the Argos O-line is criminally underrated, largely just because it takes cfl media a little while to catch on to who's good and who's <laughs> right. not yeah. on the line but i mean like ben grant was talking about dejon allen like this is just a, a a really solid argos o-line that i think is going to give chad kelly uh plenty of time and and football is always a combination of intensity and execution yeah uh and i think that the argos just execute at a higher level which will overcome if there's you know anything in the first quarter where the alouettes are more yeah are more playoff ready in terms of like a sort of grind yeah. and a fight uh i think the Argos are just so capable um yeah i well, like I, 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 I think this is gonna be a good game though it i i i 100 i mean it can I, be I watch a good them game all and the argos can still win by 14 yes and um, that's the thing so i i one of one of the things i hope is the a, a big crowd a good crowd in toronto that is into the game and gives the atmosphere i have a feeling we're gonna see it um and I say that in part, look, I haven't lived in Toronto. Well, and like the, I know the Raptors and Leafs are in action right now and who knows what they all, those teams are like, but the, uh, the football club didn't have a very good season and you just feel like, okay, Toronto is like, this is the, Ar the Argos get behind the Argos because they are a winning team. They won the great cup last year and they're the favorites this year. So hey, people tend to show up for East finals yeah. in Toronto. They always have, uh, I haven't lived there. I mean, I haven't lived there full time in a really long time, but right. like, you know, it was basically home until 2010 and it was still spiritually home. Um, but there is something about a Toronto Montreal game Yeah, that like Toronto Hamilton is, is huge, obviously, for the CFL, but like Toronto Montreal, no matter when it's happening, a playoff Toronto Montreal matchup just hits different. This is, I, I'm willing to predict a sellout. If it's not a sellout, it's still going to be a great atmosphere. Playoff games in Toronto, people come out. MLSE puts a little bit of marketing muscle behind it. Don't be surprised if you see Chad Kelly. Well, he was at the Raptors game the other day. And don't be surprised if he's <laughs> there again. Uh, but like, I just, I expect that we will, like they, MLSE does a nice job promoting the playoffs and yeah. um well and it's again it's like a chance to go down to hamilton for the great cup and that's going to be enough 
oomph to just say, hey, yeah, this exactly. is going to be good. I just really do suspect. I, I, I have no, I have no worries, and I say that as a born and raised Torontonian. Um, I think that we've seen positive momentum. I think people are excited about it, and I, I just think that you say playoffs and people show up, and and I, yeah, there's just it matters. Toronto Montreal still matters. And I think people are behind this Argos team. Hopefully they've used this bye week to like build up a little bit of hype. I don't know. Like get your guys on the city, city TV morning show. You know, right. there's all, all that, that right. stuff. You get DeVars Daniels on a morning show. He's going to charm all the people watching it. It's going to be great. So <laughs> I have go. no, I, until I see that it's a bad crowd, I'm going to be expecting something. Great. Yeah. Uh, haven't, lo- final, haven't looked at the weather forecast either, but it's generally not that bad right now. So. Um, I mean, Depends who you talk to. Lots of people <laughs> complaining about it. Oh, yeah, it's high of eight. So, oh, uh, yeah, high of eight. And it's not the late game, so it's not that bad. No. Yeah. And uh, it's going to yeah. be a three o'clock Eastern start. So it's, it's, it'll be great. Yeah. It'll honestly, that game, lots to be excited about. Hopefully, the CFL puts its marketing muscle and shows up for press conferences. Um, West final. <laughs> Winnipeg <laughs> versus BC. We've been talking about these two teams in the West all year long. And, it they had an in, very collision course, collision yeah, course. exactly. We've been and BC goes into Winnipeg and kicks the crap out of them to start the year. Winnipeg returns the favor in Winnipeg again, and then the third game in BC, and that game was the game of the year, probably game of the season. Yeah, so this is going to be awesome. It's it's yeah, and the atmosphere is going to be great. There's going like to be a, 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 about two thousand individual crowd shots. Like if you're in the crowd there. And if you're in the lower bowl, you've got a pretty good chance of being on TSN because they're just going to keep focusing on different crowd, 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 crazy costume, crazy costume, crazy costume. Right. That you so, have out of the West, there were three reasonable picks for most outstanding player. There was Brady Oliveira, yeah. who, who got the nod. There was Zach Laris, and you have Vernon Adams. I think now we look and we're like, oh man, Keon Hatcher was pretty good. Not that he's a nominee, but like you no. might have the like. 10 of the 12 best players in the West division going at it in this game. You oh, have yeah. offensive talent. You have elite, elite defensive players. The best defensive ends in the league might be Willie Jefferson and Matthew Betts. So you're going to be getting these quarterbacks, these great mobile quarterbacks under constant pressure. You have like, you just have literally the two teams who basically since week one, you were like, huh? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, the Argos are doing their thing in the East. Right. But these two teams, Looks like they don't like each other. <laughs> Looks like they got each other. Well, and this was a like they faced each other in last year's West Final. Yeah. So this is a rematch, and BC's but, now like, are you guys for real, BC? Like, well, and look at the stakes us. for both teams. If you're BC, you've been knocking at the door to be considered truly elite now for two yeah. seasons. Um, you lost your starting quarterback, brought in Vernon. Vernon getting the great Vernon winning the Great Cup solidifies him. Yeah. As one of the elite you, quarterbacks you, of his era, which I think a lot of people didn't think. If you're the Bombers and you lose this West final, suddenly you're a team that won two in a row and that was very good. You won two in a row, but that's not that different. It doesn't make well, you this generationally th- defining yeah. team. You need to win this. You need to go to... There's a lot of veteran, veteran players on this team. Yeah. You're getting towards the end of that. Like, Are they still peaking or are they, have they are going well, down the other side? A year ago this time, we thought, well, the Bombers are going to cruise to the Great Cup. They'll have won three in a row. This is the team we're going to be talking about yeah. on CFL circuits for 30 years. Now, if you lose this one and you only got two, we t- there's lots of teams that have won two 
Nah, not too many ones of two in a row, but no, yeah. but, but I'm they, just saying, it, like, it was a season off between that. But it again, doesn't, it doesn't like you, you won two with this group. Yeah. You didn't win three or four. Yeah. You didn't win, like, you know, right. you look at the NBA, that Heat team, yeah. LeBron, we're, we're, we're going to stop short of calling it a dynasty. That's for sure. That's for sure. You don't get the dynasty today. I love it. The stakes are so high. Who do I think is going to win? I think the Palmers are going to cruise. <laughs> I, I take the Lions. Yeah. I'm taking the Lions because I think it's uh, – I I just – for all the things that I've said, Vernon Adams has caught fire and he's on a mission. So they're going to – he's going to mobile around him and figure out he's got enough weapons to to hurt the – and the, the Lions defense, they got to stop one play. Yep. They, they got to stop the dump off or the swing out to Brady Oliver. Like, now can they do that? They, did, they didn't the last time they played. So, nope. and they forced Zach to make a couple of mistakes, which actually kept the game close, but Brady was just killing them. So if, they, if, yeah, that, the if, stamps, that, continue, if that continues to happen, then yeah. They, they did a pretty a nice drop against the Stamps run game and Kadeem Carey is a heck of a, heck of a player too. So yeah. there's, there's evidence that they've sort of zoned in. Now, Oliver is different. different. Yeah. So like, uh, this, he's, a, he's a Mack truck running downhill on you. Exactly. So, all right, you're taking the, the I'll Lions. Take the, I'm taking the Bombers. And you're taking the Argos? Yeah, and you're, are you taking the Alouettes? Sure. Why not? Why not? What's the, <laughs> yeah, what the yeah. hell? Um, Alouettes versus <laughs> Lions sounds like a great, great cup. Yes. Um, but all, all other three possible matchups sound good, too. So, yeah. it's Man, I do love the divisional playoff round. Like, generally, it, it, yeah. it clarifies some things. But, like, West Final, great cup. It's just a great. Eight, oh, nine yeah. days in, in yeah. And, it, and I'm like my three favorite days of the year are yesterday, the West final and the great cup day. Yeah. So yeah, it's, and I'm, I'm just pumped. Same here, buddy. Yeah. Well, all right. Uh, anything you want to throw to? Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, well, we'll do a great cup show. We'll get you back. on. I know. Um, well, I mean, what do you, what are you going to, you got to finish out the season, right? Well, we have. We've done. We have. Um, but like, and, uh, yeah. yeah, I'll be in Hamilton in less in 10 days. So it's, uh, it's on, <laughs> I will be packing boxes and figuring out if I can actually paint a room or not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what, a, how much a pail of paint costs these days. So, um, buddy, thank you so much. All season. This is an awesome, um, this thanks for having me, buddy. I, I appreciate this. We've had so much fun doing it. Yeah, man. Cheers. Thanks. Peace. Peace. <laughs> guys, what are you doing tonight? I don't know what you're doing tonight. You're probably looking for something. Guys, you got to go check out Mike's Pub. This is probably my favorite pub in the city, 1330 15th Avenue Southwest, right in the Beltline. Honestly, they do it all. I, for years, played trivia on Wednesday nights at Mugs. It's the best trivia night in the city. Other nights, they got music. They got specials every single night. Some of the best food and drink specials in the entire city are at Mugs Pub. You want wine. You want beer. You want cocktails. They got it all. Big fan of their fish and chips. They got some amazing pizza. You want to watch the game? They got TV screens. You want to just have a drink with friends? Perfect spot to do it. You want to have some food? As I said, it's delicious. Mugs Pub. We love having them as a sponsor. We love having them just down the road from us here at our studios. Check out Mugs Pub. They're the best. All right. That was awesome. Uh, Great having Ian on. A little bit of a post-mortem for the Stampeders. I don't know, maybe a little bit for the Ticats. Either way, as you can tell, we're excited for the... West final and the East final. Um, lots of football left this season. The good stuff's coming up. Uh, as for our plan here at Live for the 55, still figuring it out. I do believe we're going to have one more episode sort of previewing the Grey Cup. Uh, 
we don't, I apologize, but I think we will. Um, either way, we've had a really, really fun time this season. Thank you guys for listening. Honestly, it's been, it's, it's been an absolute blast. Just wanted to, I said this on Twitter earlier in the week, but I just wanted to have people come in and just sort of long form, just chat about the CFL week to week, game to game. Um, and I don't know. I thought we had a good time. I thought we got better as we went. Certainly, we appreciate you, our audience. Um, it really does mean a lot that you guys would listen. Our little niche league here, uh, you know, we got a community, and it's been truly my pleasure to talk about about the league, the Stampeders, but everything. It's uh, it's the best league in the world, and uh, I love it. And for all its ups and downs, it's crazy twists and turns. You never know what you're going to get from the CFL, but it has treated me well over the years and I love it. And it's just been uh, a real honor to get to come in and share my passion with you guys, get my friends in. I can't even tell you, man, like, it's not like we paid people. I like, I, I just asked guys like Jeff Hamilton, Jerry Motorjohn, Ted Wyman, Darren bombing, Ian Busby, Ben Grant. I shouldn't be doing this cause I'm going to leave people out, but like Pete Costanza, Sean Lemon, Derek Dennis, Fuller and Armalade, Charleston Hughes, um, I'm missing so many people here. Farhan Lalji. Uh, we just asked, hey, Louis, Louis Bucco. We asked him, hey, you mind sharing half an hour with us? And, and they all said yes. Cami Kapke. Um, and that's just, I don't know. That's really cool. And I really appreciate it. And I, I really do appreciate, appreciate you guys for listening and for sharing. And um, I'm not joking. I'm not just saying this. Mugs Pub coming in as a sponsor. Just awesome. They are such friends of the Canadian football community. Um, they, you know, they're a great football bar. They're a great trivia bar. The food there is outstanding. Uh, really, you know, long after we're gone, Mark's Pub will be standing. So make sure you guys check them out and, and, and thank them because it, it means a lot that they, that they came on. And, and same thing with Fraser and Fig right from the start. Uh, you know, thank you to the Nation Network for this opportunity. Hopefully we'll get one more, one more episode in here. Uh, if we don't, I, I apologize. That's on me. It's uh, lots going on right now, um, but would love to do a great cup episode. And yeah, honestly, thanks to Busby, man. It was a it was a true dream. He's a guy who taught me a lot about covering the CFL when we came in. Uh, he had a little podcast that we kind of did a year ago or a, year, a couple years ago. Uh, very much just the two of us sitting in our living rooms talking, no mics or anything. So this getting to do this was just awesome. And he's been week in and week out. Uh, he's been here with me. Ryan Ballantyne, gotta thank him too, man. He's been, he's been a regular here. Uh, same thing with John Bender. See, this is why I shouldn't have started listing people because I'm gonna miss people, and I, I do feel grateful for them. I'm just doing this off the top of my head. But guys, thank you, honestly. Live from the 55, we've had a blast. Hopefully, talk to you again soon. But cheers, thank you. You're the best. Have a good one. Enjoy the playoffs.